Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I'll tell you what, there were more fighting majors in games between the Panthers and Lightning last year than there were between the Oilers and Flames. Just last year, more fighting majors, if that means anything to anybody. But as a Leafs fan, do you want to challenge those two rivalries, Battle of Alberta, Battle of Florida, with anything that you got going on? Well, how would you respond to that? I think at, at one point I would have said Leafs-Bruins when they had those playoff series. Right now, I would go Flames-Oilers as the best rivalry in the NHL. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Hour 2 of the RP Show. Uh, not that long ago, this show took a turn. To being a hell of a lot of fun. And it was fun with Peter Labardius, of course, talking NHL. But I don't know. We got into this stuff with Connor Bedard um, coming up, as we mentioned. Uh, well, for those that just tuned in, it is hour two. It's your favorite daytime sports and entertainment talk show on Game Plus TV now. Live streaming on YouTube. We're on the radio in Metro Atlanta. WQEE 99.1 FM. And, of course, we're in podcast form. And I don't know what happened over the summer, but our podcast downloads have quadrupled. I think it's people are just finding what we're talking about. Hella entertaining. Um, you heard us talking at the start about NHL rivalries. Training camps open on Thursday. I'm not sure if I'm going to the Florida Panthers opening training shop right now, getting some minor repairs. Minor. My sponsor, Bob, said, I've never heard of minor repairs with regards to a Jeep. I'm like, well, the wipers don't work and the horn don't blow. But there ain't nothing wrong with the radio. It's on Sports Radio Miami all the time. Um, so we might go there. We might not. Let's bring in Jim Lang now, Canada's foremost NFL expert. Hey, Jimbo. Uh, the Braves clinched last night with a win over the Nationals. The Blue Jays are rolling. They wanted Philly 18-11. So, Jim, can you agree these are very exciting times in sports? Oh, it's actually, it's, uh, to me, October is my favorite time of the year in sports with all the football and the hockey. Hmm. You got basketball starting up in baseball. I mean, that's to me, that's the money time because every day there seems like there's a significant event or game or something happening. We even have the president's cup coming up this weekend and not far from me in Richmond Hill, not far from where I live in Newmarket is a kid named Taylor Pendrith who was hurt earlier in the year and played fantastic the last six weeks of the PGA tour. And he was invited to be part of the international team. So there's a good Canadian contingent for the president's cup. So I mean, I just love this time here when it comes to sports rock. I appreciate you spending some time with us, too. I'd like some, some significant time today, a couple of segments to get into all things sports. And I'll invite the viewers right now to write in with, ever, with whatever you want. You see that we're sure. airing all over North America. I'm traveling all over North America. I can't believe how big of a deal Connor Bedard is. He's the next Connor McDavid, the next Sidney Crosby. We watched him at the World Juniors. And it's a topic of debate whether his club team, the Regina Pats, will trade him or not because the owner doesn't want to trade him. It's a bad business move. So you heard what I said at the end of hour one. I'm a Cowboys fan. You're a Leafs fan. They seem to make sports-related decisions based on business, and that hasn't worked out very good. Am I right on that? What I, do you think? Yeah, I don't disagree, Rod. You are right on that. But when it comes to Connor Bedard, I think I want to go back to what you said about who's going to get him. 
And when you watched them in the juniors, they're like, that's a pro-level shot. That's an Austin Matthews uh, elite-level shot already. And he's still a kid. He's not even a man. He's not even matured into adulthood. And he has an NHL-caliber shot that could pretty much beat any goalie in the league um, if he's got the time and space to shoot the puck. That's a difference-making player. So if you're one of those teams heading into after January into that window around the trade deadline, you will be having serious conversations with the owners going, we are going to tank like it's the Normandy campaign and the Canadian Army is rolling through France. We are going to dump salary because we want to get a lottery pick because we want to try to get them. And that's the, one of the reasons the NHL instituted the lottery because pre-lottery, I, I mean, there's going to probably be three, four, five teams in the league that would just strip the down to the bare bones and try to lose everything to get that first pick because he's that kind of a player. He is, and people are trying to write in and say maybe he won't go number one, blah, blah, blah. No. He's going number one. He was better than Shane Wright two years ago, and he's a year younger. So I don't even want to get into it. He's going number one overall. Now, see how this is fun, Jim? If you and I had our own show, wouldn't it be great? Because <laughs> I'd love why, it. yeah, it would be the best. Why does the <laughs> NFL not have a lottery system for number one? Because we knew last year, really pretty early on that the Jacksonville Jaguars were going to get the number one overall pick, like, or two years ago, I guess, for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Um, yes. Why don't, why doesn't the NFL have a lottery system? Cause it's pretty, it seems like it's a pretty easy thing to tank in the national football league. Yeah. You know, that's a, it's, a, it's an outstanding question, Rod. And I not even heard it discussed. I mean, that's, I mean, a lot of leagues have talked about putting in a fail safe. So you can't tank to get a certain player, but, um, the NFL, going back to the days of Pete Rozelle, really believed in if you are really bad, you should get the top one, two, the three picks in the draft, rebuild your team so you stay competitive. Their whole thing was parity and not having teams be too bad too long. So if you're Cincinnati and you have a chance to get Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, you're good again. And if you're mm-hmm. Jacksonville and you get Trevor Lawrence in a couple of years, you're decent again. You're competitive again. And the NFL seems really married to the idea that if you're bad, you won't be bad long because there's no lottery. If you are the worst team and get the first pick, you have the first pick and you can rebuild your franchise. I'm just Googling it right now. I'm looking up this year's draft. But that's that should be wrong, though, because we're going into this season with we're on the air in Atlanta, as you heard, WQEE. The Falcons don't want to win. Their general manager, Fontenot, saying, we're going to take it on the chin this year. And the fans are okay with it. Producer Clark's a Falcons fan. He was upset they almost beat the Saints in week one. That's not good. Uh, Alabama has got, I, I'm just gapping on his name. They've got a great quarterback that is a potential for the Bryce number Young. one pick. Bryce Young. Yeah, Bryce Young. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's the kind of, I mean, it used to be Alabama's a good team. They can't produce good quarterbacks. We've seen evidence to the contrary in the last couple of years in the NFL. So. If, if, there's actually someone a stat the other day that there was a an LSU Alabama game a couple of years ago and it featured Tua, Joe Burrow, like J- Jason Waddle, Jamar Chase, all in the same field at the same time. So and now, if you're Atlanta and you get a Bryce Young, that's a potential franchise changing quarterback. And, and in the NHL, in, in baseball, you need that absolute stud pitcher. In hockey, you need a great goalie. In football, in the NFL, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a team. I mean, I look at what Tennessee, how they've stumbled out of the gate and their problems. 
And they really are starting to lose a little bit of confidence with Ryan Tannehill. And I look at uh, other teams around the league and Doug Peterson, the impact that he's made in Jacksonville, restoring the confidence of Trevor Lawrence and how different he looks in his second year in the NFL as opposed to last year with the Urban Meyer disaster. He's a different quarterback. And that, and uh, with the right grooming and the right tutelage, there's no question that Trevor Lawrence can't be a, a big-time quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars for years to come. So if you're Atlanta, I see Bryce Young on national TV every Saturday because Alabama is the marquee team in the NCAA, probably going to be in the bowl championship game again. And he's going to play a lot of big games and groomed by Saban, who grooms nothing but pro bowl NFL caliber players. And why wouldn't you want a player like that? Because you, you have to have a quarterback. You, the reason the Buffalo bills are so lethal this year is Josh Allen is so good. They got a franchise quarterback. They've been searching for, for years. They spent time, they grew him. They got a little bit better, a little bit better. And this year, he's virtually unstoppable. And if you look at all the teams in the league, the Lamar Jacksons, the Tua's, there's not a mistake why their teams are good and they score a lot of points because they have good, successful, competitive quarterbacks. So let me tell you what's going on down here. Uh, I'm going to read a couple comments here. Jennifer from the Four Seasons writes in. She says, good morning, everyone. When you forget your phone at home and your work bestie brings it to you so you don't miss the whole show. LOL. Priceless. Thank you, uh, Jennifer. I appreciate that. Arlen Bruce the third's watching. AB says, do you see the Raiders going after Lamar Jackson in the future? If not, will Jackson get 200 million plus? So we got some questions coming in on the NFL. I want to um, explain something to you, though, Jim. Like, with this, yeah, teams can tank to get finish high or low, yeah. depending how you look. Pick high, finish low, and get a franchise quarterback. That's great. But I went to a preseason game here. It cost me $370 Canadian to go to a Dolphins preseason game against the Eagles. That's when they blew them all 48 to 10. That was for preseason. I sat in a luxury suite, met some great friends. It's awesome. This game Sunday against the Bills, that same ticket is $1,100 for one ticket. U.S. Okay. So if the NFL is going to charge this amount for tickets, but the fans are okay with tanking to lose then who the hell am I to say? But I'm buying tickets now because the Dolphins told me our press box is full. This won't surprise you, but I want to tell all the viewers and yourself, Jim, what's going on down here. The Dolphins, like, we're full, Rob. We don't have room. The Panthers are literally, what can we get you, Rod? Here's your seat. Can we bring you something to eat? Can we put people on your show? That's the Panthers. We're doing a show, hang on, Monday, October 10th at the Beach House in Pompano. Randy Mulder's coming down. Panthers, head of their oh. alumni, TV color guy. They're, the Panthers are setting some alumni down. That's how I'm getting treated here by the NHL Panthers. But the Dolphins are such a big deal. They don't care about coverage. They don't care about fans because they sell out every game. It's insane, dude. Insane. And this game Sunday against the Bills is the game of the week, don't you think? Oh, I absolutely agree. And I think for the Bills, like so they've got this Dolphins game, these longtime AFC East rivals. And Tua McDaniel, the Dolphins coming off that redonkulous comeback against the Ravens. And so then the Buffalo Bills, after this game, if you look at their schedule, I mean, if for whatever they face, it's Dolphins at Ravens, Steelers, still the Steelers, then at Kansas City for the Buffalo Bills. And, and the way McDaniel and Tua are working in sync and they've rebuilt and the Tyreek Hill addition to that offense, I mean, speed. If you're a DB, and you don't make the right read, and you miss your coverage, he's leaving, he's gone. He's gone. 
we've seen it. There's not many DBs in the entire NFL that could chase them down. That's next to impossible. So now Tua has a home run deep threat that is just few and far between in the NFL. And so for the Buffalo Bills, this game at the chess match with the Bills defense and can Von Miller in third down situations get pressure against Tua? Can Leslie Fraser come up with a game plan to take away Tyreek Hill, let alone Waddle, how good he's been this year? For the Dolphins and Mike McDaniel now has become the darling new head coach of the National Football League, and for good reason. And he says a lot of good things in his, his media conferences, Rod, as you know. Um, but the proof is there. I mean, he's he's coaching his team up to believe that as long as there's time on the clock, they have a chance to win the football game. And this this is good for the NFL to have the Dolphins this good, this competitive, and to have a matchup like this in Week Three, Dolphins and Bills, with this much on the line and this much hype. I think it's fantastic for the league. We've got a whack load of questions for you here, by the way, which uh, we will get to. On the way, the head coach of the Winnipeg Ice, James Patrick. He's coming up later on here in hour two. I'll just say this. It's, as you know, Jim, because you've been here enough and all over America, it's all football all the time. I love the coverage on the television and the radio. I can't remember who said it, but they said, as a DB lining up against Tyreek Hill, you're beaten oh. before the ball's even snapped because he's in your head. The guy runs 21.5 miles an hour. So the TBs are like, how do I even cover this guy? Press coverage, off coverage, whatever. He's gone. How do you cover him? Well, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you have to roll a safety up on him in every play. And there was one touchdown where Tua, to his credit, he took a bit of a half step to the right off the hash mark and saw that the corner thought he had help over top he didn't, and by the time he looks over the shoulder, Hill is a good five yards behind him at that point before the ball's even in the air. And so by the time Tyreek Hill catches it, he's waving to the crowd. It's, he's in the end zone. So uh, unfortunately, if you're the opposing defense, you have to have a two on him at all time, high and low. I mean, I don't know what you do. I mean, then that means Waddle and Gaisiki are going to have a lot of times where they're wide open. So. For McDaniel and this Dolphins offense, this is heady times. Tua's grown leaps and bounds. Uh, obviously, his confidence, the whole Dolphins team confidence after this win is going to be sky high. And I, I mean, and here's the thing, too, that we have to remember. Um, this time of year in Miami, an early game, probably, I'm going to use Celsius, in the mid-30s Celsius with 70 to 80% humidity. Probably easy, right, Rod, for the game this weekend? It was 39 degrees Celsius here yesterday. Okay. Okay. And I think the humidity was like 85%. So I'm sitting there. I, I kayaked in the Keys on Sunday for two solid hours. And while I made it, it didn't feel bad at the time. I came home and had wicked heat stroke, I think. I should not have been tweeting. What were you going to say? <laughs> Sorry. But so now the Buffalo Bills are coming from this Western New York, Southern Ontario climate. Into that, no matter how much you train and hydrate, if you don't practice in that and live in that every day, it will hit you. And that's going to be interesting yeah. to see how, especially the big linemen, the big players, you've got 320, 330-pound offensive linemen exerting themselves 40, 50 snaps a game, how that takes a toll in the fourth quarter. And that could be a big advantage for Miami late in that game because of conditioning, and they're, they're acclimatized to that kind of extreme heat and humidity. This is by far the biggest game of week three in the NFL. I'm so excited yeah. to be there. Gil Scott and I are going. 
Um, tons and tons. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. He watches every day. Shout out, Gil. Loves the show. Gil. Particularly the CFL talk. What do you got? Yeah. We will be back. Uh, tons of questions coming in for Jim Lang, Canada's foremost NFL expert. But we can talk Blue Jays. We haven't even got around to Blue Jays yet. We have to do that. And maybe a little Leafs, too, with the NHL training camps opening up. You are watching on Game Plus Television and YouTube Live. We're also available at your favorite podcast platform, including Apple, Amazon, Google, Stitcher, and Spotify, and on the radio, WQEE 99.1 FM. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All right, we're back having too much fun on the RP show. You're looking at it right there, Pompano Beach. That is the home of Lamar Jackson. I don't know if we're going to have enough time to uh, get to all the questions from our viewers or not. I'm going to read a few here. And before we bring Jim back in, Wilf in Steinbach, Manitoba says, Hi, Rod. Football needs to call more taunting penalties. Players need to grow up and not celebrate each tackle or run, etc. I don't agree. No, we don't need more penalties. Wilf can't disagree more. From Stephen, watching in Minot, North Dakota. Is Elon Musk investing in the RP show? Don't stop at the moon. Go to Mars. He's not yet, but he will, I think. His mom's from North Battleford, Saskatchewan. Uh, Joe Sam writes in regarding the Blue Jays. He says, Charlie Montoyo was just a yes man. And uh, Todd B. has a football question. He is watching in... uh, Joe Sam, by the way, is in Victoria, B.C. Todd is in Red Deer, and we'll get to his question about the Raiders in a minute. But let's bring Jim Lang back in. I know Jim can't wait for that question because that's his team. But the Blue Jays are... I know. Hang on, hang on. The Blue Jays are rolling, aren't they? One in uh, Philly last night. I guess they were chanting, let's go, Blue Jays in Philly. Is there a groundswell going, Jim? How far is this going to go? I, I, I mean, the, I think because of Vladimir Guerrero Jr., because of Bo Bichette um, and the George Springer, that addition, the, the Blue Jays have really, really got a strong fan base here. Uh, there's a lot of high hopes for them. It's a team that they're probably going to go to the wild card, but they need to win that wild card game. I think to take it to the next level. I mean, this is Leafs country and you know, it's, it's like Leafs Raptors, then blue Jays and blue Jays and Raptors are one and one a, depending where they are in the standings and everything that's going on um, in the season. But the blue Jays have, they've got the promise. They've got the excitement. They got the youth. They've definitely got the fans on their side. I just think they need to be able to put it together in a, in that one game wild card and get into a multi-game series and do something to really for the growth of this team to take it to the next level. I know you'd mentioned Charlie Montoyo, I think to prove a lot of the doubters wrong. I mean, he's the guy in that clubhouse every day with that team on the road and at home traveling. So whether he's a yes man or not, I think you have to understand what baseball's become now is a team would have a, a philosophy or organization that you pitch five innings, 
You don't go the third time around the rotation. You do this. That's not just for the manager. That's like team president, GM, and manager. So they're all yes men because they're all on the same page. And I know a lot of old school baseball people um, get frustrated. I get frustrated seeing a pitcher who's just mowing them down and they pull them after five innings because, well, we can't face the, uh, the batting order for the third time in the lineup. That's baseball. And, and that's what it is right now. They've got a local kid named Jordan Romano who's had a great year as a closer. They've got young talent. I think if they win that one game wild card and get into a division series, I think it's going to be just Blue Jays pandemonium around here and across the country. That's cool. I was with some guys from Toronto last week here at the Panthers Ice Den practice facility for the Florida Panthers, and they said where where they are, people are talking Leafs and Blue Jays, Blue Jays and Leafs. But, uh, yeah, as you say, the Raptors haven't fired up yet. Todd in a red deer says, says, hey, Rod, big Raiders fan. Can I get Jim's take on the Raiders' future after the soul-crushing loss last week? Thanks again for all the great work. Go ahead. Well, it's an old football axiom. If you fumble, bad things are going to happen. And Renfro fumbles in overtime, and it's a scoop and score. And the second that ball hit the carpet, I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. I knew it was over because it's just just, in that point of the game, in the extra period – and then the DB's gone, and Josh McDaniel, the Raiders are 0 and 2, um, and it's a tough one. But so, but you earlier mentioned someone said about what are the chances of the Raiders getting Lamar Jackson? I say no chance. I say no scenario where Baltimore wouldn't give him, you know, the kind of money that the elite quarterbacks of the Patrick Mahomes of the league have. I, I, w- I would be absolutely stunned. If Baltimore doesn't lock him up and give him the money that he's looking for, it would be crazy to me. As, as a Raiders fan, from a fan perspective, oh, it'd be great to have Lamar Jackson. But from a football, you know, business perspective, I can't see how Baltimore could ever justify that because the guy, quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson, where are you gonna? Who are you gonna replace him with? Like, I, that's what I don't see, Rods. So I just don't see that happening. Uh, I'll come back to that in a second, but Nelson, our viewer, one of our viewers says, man, Jim can talk anything and everything sports and do it well. That's why Jim's one of the best. That's why he's on this show. And I want to get you to tell a funny story. You and I got to be good friends when you were the voice of the Argos, right? We, yeah, I guess we worked together with first sports net for a time, but it was more that Argo rider thing with us. Tell that story about that old lady yelling at you at Taylor field when you were calling the Argo game. (laughs) That's it was about this. So it's. Well, it would have been 2002, and it was about this time in September. It was just an absolute picture-perfect prairie day in Regina, about 20 degrees, sun shining at Old Taylor Field, and I'm calling the game, and there was a kind old lady. It looked like a farm couple, and they're in their 70s, and she gave me the business because she realized I was the radio voice of the Argos, and I mean, chirped me and rode me in the commercial break the whole game. And, of course, the riders were in the, the black and green, so it was almost impossible to see the, the numbers. And they went after the game. He goes, that was a good game, son. Good luck. And like, your safe trip back to Toronto. Like, yeah, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> oh, I thought, oh, you, she, I thought it was she, she yelled at you or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, she oh, yeah. did give you the business. Oh, yeah. no, during the game, she yelled at me the whole game. But after the game, she was very polite. goes, okay. Good luck, son. Has safe travel back to Toronto after after she knew that the Riders had won. <laughs> right, of course, the game's over. I just felt bad a few yeah. years ago. Uh, the Riders were playing the Argos at BMO, and you came to visit me in the booth. But it, things have changed 
in our oh, business, man. Yeah. And I felt bad we didn't have time yeah. to visit. I had to get on the bus. Shoot, they oh. left me behind in Edmonton one time. There's just no time yeah. anymore. It's just boom, boom, it's, boom, go, yeah. go, go. It really is, um, yeah. yeah. So, hang on. Well, let me just say this. Arlen Bruce, no, Stephen Lilac. Stephen Lilac's his thoughts on the early season Detroit Lions offensive production? While St. Well, Brown has I become mean, a quality receiver. Yeah, you just go ahead. You go ahead. Your thoughts on what the no, numbers they're putting up. I think Dan Campbell, I mean, th- there's a whole thing in sports called the culture. Can you create a culture? Sean McDermott, when he took over the Buffalo Bills, said trust the process. They had to change the same old Bills culture. And after a few years, you don't hear anyone saying same old Bills with the Buffalo Bills. He changed the culture. And Dan Campbell's laying the foundation to do the same thing with Detroit, a team that has had uh, spurts and, you know, a few good years here and there, and they'd fall on their face, and people in Detroit would go, same old Lions. Well, I want to tell you something for the Minnesota Vikings in this game. It's not the same old Lions. And for Dan Campbell and Jared Goff seems to have, uh, be a little bit, uh, have his confidence restored under Dan Campbell. Um, and Dan Campbell has created a, a culture, a winning culture that we may lose but we're not going to get beat. And that's a big difference. So you're going to lose the game, but you're not going to get beat. And there's going to be physicality and, and everything that goes with it. And you're going to have to earn it. So I really like what the lions are doing under Dan Campbell. I really like how Jared Goff is kind of playing like a lot of people thought he was supposed to play earlier in his career. So I mean, I don't, I'm not going to say the Lions will beat the Vikings, but if Kirk cousins and the Vikings play like they did last week, they won't beat Jared Goff and Dan Campbell the Lions. No way. We had a viewer in Indianapolis yesterday tell us that they want Frank Reich fired in Indy. Oh. They're winless, a tie and a loss. Should he be fired? What do you think of the Indy Colts? Well, well, and then they got to host the Chiefs this weekend. And, <laughs> you know, the Chiefs' offense looks legit again. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised. And, I mean, it's not that they lost. They got they got hammered by Jacksonville. So I think if you're a Colts fan, you're like, whoa. I mean, that's embarrassing. That is downright embarrassing. So uh, I, I, they don't fire many coaches midseason, but for Frank Reich, and the, the target is on him. And, and especially when he's play, playing the Chiefs this weekend and trying to stop Patrick Mahomes and that, uh, that offense, I don't know. It's, he's got his work cut out for him because – it just doesn't seem to be coming together in the offense. I mean, as we saw, I mean, they're shut out, but all year they just haven't looked right at all. So, and to try to get it together against Kansas City is going to be tough. So, I, whether or not Frank Reich is still the coach at the end of the season, my guess he probably would be. And they try to, if it doesn't work out, they'd make a change then. But it's, I mean, you can't win a Super Bowl in September, but you're, you could be behind an eight ball so much into October, you might not be able to dig out of it. And, especially with the schedule, they did them no favors having to host the Chiefs in week three. No, but I think they're in a really crappy division. All they got to do is win the division. There's plenty of time to pull it out, don't you think? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a crappy division, but, I mean, you say they win the division. The way the team is rolling right now, built right now, they're one and done. They wouldn't beat a wildcard team right now the way they're playing and the way they're constituted. So if that's your, if you're, if that's the Colts and you're Jim Mercy and that's your measuring stick for success, I, I guess that would be okay. But I just don't see that for Jim Mercy and his ego and the way he, his expectations of his football team, 
that that would be enough that they would make the playoffs in a bad division and get knocked out first round. I don't think he would like that at all. It would be acceptable. For the benefit of all of our Eastern viewers and Leaf fans, breaking news, viewer Paul Jefferson writes in and says, Kyle Dubas has been denied a contract extension by Leafs management. Is this a business decision or a hockey decision? Now, I knew they were meeting with the media today. Your thoughts on that, Jim? Hey, this is fifth year of his deal. The team's not made it out of the first round of the playoffs. Why did he? He doesn't deserve an extension right now. Like maybe they go through the season and they get second, third round of the playoffs. Oh, okay. You deserve an extension. But it's pro sports are a result based business. And if you're Brennan Shanahan and you're Leaf ownership and Leaf management and you have another lots of points, make the playoffs, lose first round, well, hey, it's a, it's a tough business. Kyle Dubas, great guy, really smart guy. But th- yeah, the organization would be smart to say, hold on, we're just going to take a look around and see if we can do something better. Because I look at teams around the league and you're thinking, wait a sec, if the Leafs start the season right now, are they Stanley Cup favorites? I mean, they're a playoff team, but I don't know anyone that thinks they're a Stanley Cup favorite, but no one. So, and that's the GM's job to build a team that you start the season going, hey, the Leafs are going to be a team to be. They're probably Stanley Cup favorites this year. But I don't know anyone that thinks that, Rod. So, yeah, so I totally understand why Leafs management did this and told Dubas, like, hey, we're just going to see how things play out. Do you have to go, by the way? Is your dog okay, or do we got to no. let you go? You have a no, couple my, more minutes? You got a couple? Oh, yeah, my dog's fine. Okay. She just um, wants to play. I'm all good. <laughs> okay, well, I think it's a, both a hockey and a business decision. How about that? There's the answer to that question. Um, Andrew Stout, he's a Habs fan. He writes in, he says, just like what happened to Mark Bergevin, he'll be out if they do not win the cup. Just my opinion. Who knows? Um, Darren Moose Dupont, I think, pricked the Leafs to meet Colorado in the Stanley Cup final. Just to point that out, Oof. our regular co-host. So we do know one person. It's Darren Dupont. I'm sure there's a few Leaf fans that think the Leafs are Stanley Cup favorites. but I don't think they have the goaltending to, to make it to the Stanley Cup personally. I mean, I mean what Matt uh, Curry are the Maple Leafs getting? A question uh, that came out from NHL.com today was, who do the Leafs start in night one? Game one, uh, Matt Murray or Vitek Vanacek? Who's the starting goalie? That's who they got. Was it Vanacek they got? I believe. Uh, Samsonov. Ilya, oh, Ilya Samsonov. Samsonov. Sam, Vanacek went to, to New Jersey. Right. Yeah, Samsonov yeah, yeah. or Matt Murray. Who, who do they start? If you don't know, that's not a good thing, I don't think. I don't think it's a good thing at all. I mean, you could have all the – look, at you get into the postseason of the NHL now. The goalie is so important. So important. It's a difference maker. The Montreal Canadiens, you mentioned them a couple of years ago. They won playoff series solely because of Carey Price. And he covered up a lot of sins. Now, if you had Carey Price type goaltending with the kind of offensive power, offensive firepower the Maple Leafs have, then I have way, way more confidence with the team going into the season for the playoffs. So are they going to let the season play out, see where they are coming towards the deadline, see if they can pick up a goalie? Because by that time, they're going to know what they have in Samsonov and Matt Murray and what, what kind of Matt Murray they're getting. Because that's, that's to me, the gamble of Matt Murray. Is, is it the mediocre Matt Murray or is it the, the playoff caliber Matt Murray when he helped win a Stanley Cup with the Penguins? I, I don't know if they know that. Well, I guess that's what the preseason is for. 
This has been amazing, Jim. We covered it all. NFL, Blue Jays, Leafs. It's just exactly what I wanted. Thanks for this, my friend. Enjoy the rest of the day. And uh, go Leafs. Go Leafs. Go Blue Jays. (laughs) Go Blue Jays. That's a little more like it. Go Blue Jays (laughs) at the Phillies tonight. Jim Clubberlang, Canada's foremost NFL expert, joining us. When we come back, the head coach of the Western Hockey League's Winnipeg Ice. We're going to Winnipeg next. It's the RP Show on the Game Plus TV network. We are all across Manitoba on Bell MTS Cable on Game Plus. We're also live streaming on YouTube, 24-hour sports radio, streaming now at rodpeterson.com, and on the radio, WQEE 99.1 FM. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Exciting times here in South Florida. Florida Panthers opening up training camp on Thursday. Dolphins home to the Bills Sunday in the NFL's Game of the Week, Week 3. But we're keeping our eye on junior hockey. We're very excited to welcome in James Patrick, head coach of the Winnipeg Ice. He of his 1,280 NHL games, Rangers, Flames, Sabres. And uh, here on the cusp of the WHL season, Coach, welcome uh, to the program. Happy New Year, I'll say. As you get ready to open this regular season, um, how's camp been? How's the, how was the preseason for your Winnipeg guys? Well, it was it was different. It's the first time we've ever had seven players missing um, at NHL camps. Um, so we had a lot of 15 and 16 year olds um, throughout the preseason games. Uh, you know, I thought we got better. We uh, had our number one goalie been injured, not skating for most of camp, just skating the last five days, and actually got into one game. So. Um, if anything, in training camp, we got a chance to look at uh, more young players than we ever have before, um, and it's not a bad thing. You know, what's interesting about that, your, okay, I will say your best player, my favorite player, Zach Benson, wasn't even at a camp because he's not drafted yet. <laughs> Talk to me about this kid. I just love, I just love him, man. What's the outlook for him and your team this year, Jeep? Uh, for Zach, I think, um, he could be he could be in the NHL real soon. He's um, the smartest sixteen year old, fifteen year old player I've ever coached. He is um, he's a really good two way player with high end offensive skills. Sees the ice really well. Has great hands. Uh, really good feet. Um, but he's still uh, just turned seventeen. He's he needs to get a little more size. Like little. You know, to, for him to play at the next level, he's he's got to put on some a little bit of weight. But uh, um, boy, he's been we've had him at fifteen and sixteen. He's been a really good player for us both years. Um, he is he is the player in our team that whatever line he's on, those that line goes. Um, you know, when I played him on Savoy's line, that was our best line. I'd move him to Geeky's line; that'd be our best line. So um, I I just uh, you know he's an easy kid to coach. He's fun to watch. Um, as far as the yeah, team, I don't uh, mind pump. Yeah, continue. Sorry, and we'll talk about him when you're done. Sorry, sorry, continue. Yeah, no. As far as the team, uh, um, I think time will tell. I know our division is going to be a lot tougher this year, um, but I do. You know, obviously, I expect Savoy and Geeky to be one year older and one year better. Um, you know, I expect uh, Carson Lambos to be, you know, maybe the best defenseman in the league, and 
you know, Ben Zlotti, you know, Mike Mill and players like that. Connor McLennan, um, he's been a big scorer, you know, his whole career. But, uh, you know, I think he had 43, 44 last year. And who knows what kind of numbers those players. So when we get all those players back, I think we can, uh, you know, we can be a real good team. But it, there's one thing on paper. There's another thing doing it. There's another thing going out and playing the right way. And um, so I know, you know, there can be a little hype. Um, I just expect our division to be way tougher and it's going to be a real good challenge for us. That's interesting. I was just going to say, I don't mind pumping Zach's tires because I know he has the maturity to handle it. And I also know he watches this show every day. So uh, I just love the kid. And that's his personality. You didn't even talk about his personality and character. You talked about his skills. Uh, So enough about Zach Benson. But at least, you know, you guys are young enough, James, that losing out to Edmonton was not cool but at least you return a lot of those kids i mean because what i'm saying is in a cyclical nature yeah go ahead what did that teach you i think it it was a great experience for us it it showed us how how you have to play to to play winning playoff hockey um how heavy and hard you have to be on the puck i think it was for our for our 17 and you know 17 18 year olds you know we had Jonas Wu playing at 15 was playing on defense and played regular the whole series but for all those players it was a great learning experience um when when push came to shove in the playoffs our best players were our 19 and 20 year olds who could you know handle the physical nature handle just how hard it is to get inside and pay the price to score goals and so um you know we had we lost Savoy in game two of the series. And then uh, it was, it was a battle. Um, And I, you know, we gave Edmonton credit. Uh, They, they play the game the right way. They play fast, but they played, they played physical and they played, you know, just, they were heavy on all the pucks. And so I, you know, we just, to a man, we talked a lot uh, in the season wrap up and then in the off season on, on what we've learned from that experience and, you know, how we can be better and how we have to play. you know, you have to play playoff hockey. You have to experience some of that in the regular season because you can't just turn it on uh, come playoff time. So, um, again, it's another thing. It's you, Now you have to go out and do it. But you've seen historically in the NHL some real good young teams who are who are developing, and they have to go through some hardships till till they learn how to win or learn how to play the right way. And, I, you know, I can do a little bit of a comparison with us last year, and I think there were some uh, similarities to that. Yeah, hey, ask Tampa, ask Colorado. Uh, trust me, I get it. But you don't want to blow too many in the junior hockey cycle. Now, I'm looking at your schedule. you got to tell me why you open up with a million games on the road and then you're home for a million games. What What's up with your yeah. schedule? Yeah, we play at the University of Manitoba. They had, a, uh, I guess, a huge maintenance renovation, like a six-month um, almost project that was scheduled. And we knew we knew about it for the last couple of years. Um, I do think there there are some hockey improvements, new boards and benches, but outside of that, it's mostly the plant that's being worked on. And uh, so we're starting our first, I think, sixteen games on the road or thirteen. There, that's a challenge. There. That's a challenge. Yes. Hey. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's going to be a great challenge. It it can be uh, also a great chance to do something special, a great chance to bond as a team. Um, I mean, I do think it'll bring us closer together as a team, and. Um, It'll be interesting playing 13 games when we don't have the last change, and uh, and then you just got to go out and play, and 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 you're going to face the other team's best. You're going to your top players are always going to see their you know their best uh, 19, 20 year olds, their best checkers, 
what have you. And I think it'll make us better in the long run. Uh, hey, lastly, before I let you go, I'll try not to take this too long to answer. My brother went to Notre Dame with you. You're a little older than him, but he said that you were the coolest cat to go through Notre Dame. And then I know that you played in PA. What was it about Terry Simpson that spawned all UX Raiders to go on to coach? And you know the guys that I mean, right? Doug Hobson and, yep. uh, well, Hobby comes to mind first, but there's a oh, Peter Anhold, obviously. What Peter was it Anhold about Terry Simpson that, yeah, what was it about Simpson? I assume he's the reason that you guys all went on to coaching and, be, and been successful at it. He is, he is certainly um, one of the biggest influences on my career, on my development as a, as a young player. Um, I didn't know, I had no clue about the fear of losing, losing games. Um, I, you know, I was a good player when I went there after playing Notre Dame and I was, I think I was competitive and worked hard, but um, I just, I mean, I think he, he coached winning hockey, coached competitive hockey. He coached, um, you know, physical hockey. He, we were really good defensive but it was also like the hating you hate to lose. Um, we, we started the year nine and oh, and we lost our 10th game. And I thought it was, I felt, Hey, we're nine and one. We're great. And I remember walking in the dressing room after, and um, I was so scared. Um, he was on the verge of, of tears and also like screaming at us that it was unacceptable. Like it, how good our team was. We're not going to accept losing games that we should be winning. Like it, for, for me as a 17 year old kid, it just kind of really woke me up. Um, the most straight shooter, the most honest coach, you didn't fool him. He didn't put up with BS. Um, he would see something in players that no one else saw. And, and, you know, and it, but it did start with compete, compete and, and maybe heart smarts and paying the price. All those, we, those things are defined way more now and, and broken down, but um, it was automatic. Like that's, that was an automatic that you had to have to play for him. And um, I mean, then you take it from there. I mean, the discipline that, that he instilled in us, the team game, playing for the team. Um, so I, I cannot, it was the best year of hockey of my life. And when I talked to my, my team here, I, the, these young kids who are going to get drafted, the geeky Savoy's, Benson's, Lambos, I say, don't be in a rush to get to the NHL. Yeah, come to the rink every day to try and get better. But I never had more fun or a better year of my life than the year I played in PA. And I said, I, you know, I was lucky to play a long time in the NHL. It was never that fun or that good. And the bonds and the <laughs> closeness I was with my teammates. Um, so that's, for me, that's Terry Simpson. And I, I look up, I, it's a great lesson that I try and pass on our players. Yeah, and details. Last I talked to him, he, he's almost 80. And he had just yeah. renewed his electrician's card. He was an electrician before he was a hockey coach in the 70s. He goes, you never know. I might need it, Rod. Okay. Hey, when the bus driver doesn't overlook the bus. If the trainer exactly. wasn't there, he skates. Doesn't overlook anything. All right, James, thanks for this. Obviously, we're following real closely down here in South Florida. I hope we can do it again soon. Good luck with the season. Okay, thanks, Rod. Viewer takeover coming up next and uh, a sports update as well on this Wednesday. It's the RP show on Game Plus TV. We're live streaming on YouTube and on the radio, WQEE 99.1. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now.
It's the final segment coming down. It's what we call overtime for the Four Seasons Sports Palace, which is your home for the UFC and the National Football League, 909 Arcola Avenue East in Canada's Queen City. The Moose is in here today, and the reason is because he's presenting. I'm quite proud of him. Darren DuPont, the president and CEO of DuPont Media and the Rod Peterson Show Corp., because we are a corporation, was invited to present to a marketing class at Sask Polytechnique Post-Secondary School. And we are the only non-sports entity presenting there. And uh, maybe we are a sports entity. I don't know. He said the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are presenting, the football Saskatchewan's presenting, the Moose Jaw Warrior, all to the students, the marketing students. And then Moose was invited to speak on marketing and represent us in our show. And that's pretty cool, don't you think? Um, so anyways, what we do here is viewer takeover. Yeah, that's hot, baby, said Paris Hilton. But I can handle this. Is Kevin watching our medium? He's been writing in throughout the program. Um, as I say, my tenure, which seems like longer, but my tenure is hosting Sports Talk Radio in Canada's Queen City has really prepared me for this now, being on national television in Canada and 31 U.S. states and on the radio in Atlanta, whereby nothing scares me anymore. The idea of going on the air in that province of a million people where I knew everybody, or at least I felt like I did, scared the bejeepers out of me. Now I don't know all these people watching and it uh, doesn't scare me at all. Figure that one out. And it helps to have you viewers writing in. What's Glenn Erickson saying? Can you send that to me? I can't. My dang screen here, guys. What's Glenn say? Oh, terrific interview with James Patrick. It's not too often one of your guests conjures up memories of those dominating Tier 2 junior teams in Prince Albert. Well, I asked him, Jeff the Stamps fan, Rod, could you do me a favor and hold up the coffee mug? How about that? Yeah, buddy. How about that? Get up, get a screenshot. Tell your Tell your friends. Isn't this great? Isn't this just great? Uh, Joe Sam, we have a new viewer in Victoria, B.C. Uh, <laughs> I, and I agree with him. He says he's a Yankees fan. He's talking about the Blue Jays. And earlier on, he wrote in and said Charlie Montoyo was a yes man. And I'm like, I'm not the biggest baseball guy. Clearly, Clark's the baseball guy among us. I follow it and played it, and I, I don't know it. The game's changed a lot, obviously, when I played it as a kid, but I know enough. He says, you look at Montoyo. How could you take that guy serious? Yeah, but, oh, but Rod, Joe, he got him into the playoffs. Oh, he got him down to game 162 last year. It was a great season. Joe, that's what you're supposed to say as a Blue Jays backer. Then they fire his ass this year, bring in John Schneider. Everybody loves him. There's some spot going around, some pizzazz, and they're going to the playoffs. And they're chanting, let's go Blue Jays in Philly last night, in the stadium. What's going on with this team? Now, Joe goes on to say, I'm a Yankees fan. We need to get rid of Boone, Stanton, Severino, Chapman, Hicks. 
He's got a lot of opinions on Toronto sports, Joe in Victoria, B.C., because he says Kyle Dubas is the reason they could only make changes to the third and fourth line. I don't know about that, and I'm not getting into that. Sean, don't mind me. I'm just going to the big board here looking at standings. Yeah, I'm looking up the NL East. You're not, you you got to get rid of all these guys. The Yankees are leading the division by five and a half. Then you're upset. Okay. Sean in Vancouver, watching on Game Plus television, writes in and says, The commotion by the ocean for the BC-Calgary game was very witty in the commentary, Rod. I love it. Uh, that's my commentary that runs on Sask Radio, and I think that country and 98.5 FM for carrying it. Uh, I said that the CFL got it right by suspending Cam Judge for uh, one game. I don't like it. I don't like that he got mouthed off by Lucky Whitehead, made disparaging comments about his family. Last minute of play in the RP show. But, yeah, I see that. I Suspending him for, for a one game should nullify any hijinks. Jeff, the Stamps fan, has sent in $75 Canadian. But why? But what does he want? Wayne says, yeah, he sent 75 Did you mean to do that? Did you think this was OnlyFans? Because it's not. Jeff Gordon says, did, $75 should get you a lot at OnlyFans. I would, they're not getting you much here. Oh man, all this and we're going we're going off the air. Yeah, in fifty. Uh thanks everybody for your commentary. What's today? Wednesday? We'll see you tomorrow. Arash Badash is gonna be with us. Um it's gonna be big fun. Thanks to James Patrick Lou, Jim Lang. See you tomorrow. Who has more fun than us? <laughs> Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.